0: Good morning, Jundo. How are you today? It is hot. It is hot.
1: The weather service has put out a heat warning, and it is hot. Now, it's not as hot as a couple of weeks ago when I was in Nevada, which was, as we, we, we determined, 173 degrees. I think that's what we settled on. <laughs> but it is hot here. And since I'm not good with the metric system, I can't tell you exactly how hot, but I believe it's 36,
0: 36. What is it in Fahrenheit? Uh, 95, I'm guessing. Yeah. So that's like 34, I think. Yeah. Um, We've had a heat wave here for about, well, it's getting on a week and we're hitting 30. So that's high, mid to high 80s. They issued for the first time ever an extreme heat alert here. Wow. Is that rare? Well, it's the first time ever. I guess the first time ever. Is that rare, would be right? rare then. Yes,
1: I'm quick. Yes,
0: <laughs> and it and it's not like this is the heat you had in Las Vegas or the heat my friends had in in Oregon and Seattle. In Oregon, it hit like forty four degrees centigrade, like one hundred and fifteen. It's not like that. It's just hitting around thirty, thirty one, thirty two. But I think the problem is that the UK in general is unprepared for heat. Uh. You'll get air conditioning in stores and movie theaters and and places like that, but homes don't have air conditioning very often. I do have air conditioning. I'm in a big old farmhouse built more than 200 years ago. And I have three of these little mobile stand-up air conditioners strategically located throughout the house. And we keep rooms closed and we can get by. But if we had like your level of heat, 36... Um, it would be unbearable in here. Well,
1: we we turned off all the air conditioners and fans so we could do this
0: podcast,
1: so let's get through it quick. I know, so we better get this done quickly, yeah. But, you know, I was thinking this is why the old Zen temples were built in the mountains, because while it was cold in winter, you can make a fire, but in the summer, you know, what could they do? But I know one Zen monastery in downtown Tokyo that actually built this magnificent, brand new Zen hall for Zazen. And it was all done in the traditional style, except for one difference. And that one difference was, it was air conditioned. And the big Roshi, the big teacher would sit there in his special chair and everything would be silent. They'd ring the bell and there would be total silence, except every once in a while during Zazen, you would hear, peep, 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 peep. He was adjusting the room temperature. You know, he had the remote control right (laughs) next to him as he was sitting there, you know. So there's even the old saying that when it's so hot or so cold, you go to the place beyond hot and cold. But frankly, I don't know how to do that. The Tibetans have the tongue len; They know how to bring up the heat, but I don't know how to bring up my inner chill. I'm sure there is a meditation for it. But uh, (laughs) yeah, I I like the air conditioning. I got to confess.
0: Yeah. As you said, in the mountains, you can build fires and you can put clothes on. I don't do well with heat, particularly my asthma that has been bothering me lately. But I'm just looking at the news. Seven hours ago, CNN, we're recording this on Tuesday, by the way, and we're releasing Friday. So seven hours ago, CNN says Olympic athletes face high heat and a possible typhoon this week. Oh. Uh, Average high temperature, 86 to 88, um, scorching summer heat wave. And with all the problems the Olympics had, that's just... All they need. In fact, I read this morning that the people who were practicing for beach volley were burning their feet on the sand.
1: I'm telling you, it's uh, not only do they have trouble with the COVID that apparently is spreading in pockets through the village, um, they have not done the promised job that they said they were going to do of testing and keeping the athletes safe. But it is so hot, these poor guys who are going to be running the track, you're going to have I'm telling you, you're going to have people killing over. They even decided to run the marathon in the furthest north of Japan, Hokkaido. And it's also very, very hot there. They're going to, this is really going to be dangerous for some folks. And it's, it's not funny. I
0: hope, I hope everyone's okay next week. Yeah. And, and I was thinking, though, about with the Olympics, are we going to see any zen in the Olympics? Are we going to see in the opening ceremonies people sitting zazen? It is, because it's going to be total in...
1: silence. There's nobody there. Well, actually, they're inviting the <laughs> VIPs,
0: aren't they? Can you imagine a new discipline like rhythmic zazen?
1: Yes, it, nothing happens. Everyone just sits there and lets the world <laughs> spin around it. We, we discussed this, and there's no points. You can't win, you can't lose. But, uh, you know, it's not funny. Uh, the, uh, let's get serious again for a moment. Uh, between the torrential rains we had uh, here last week and now the heat, Man, something's whack with the weather, if you ask me. And uh, uh, I'm going to say the word. I'm going to say it. People used to say, you know, global warming. Now we're supposed to say climate change. I forget which is the politically correct one. But I'm going to say, uh, man, this is uh, our karma, industrial karma coming back to us. We're heating the world, and it's destabilizing the weather, and we're starting to feel it. Not only uh, here, but, uh, boy, places near the ocean, uh, these storms that are raging. This is uh, this is our payback time, I think, but, uh, you know,
0: who am I to say? Well, you're just a Zen guy, and you're just thinking logically like some people think, and we're against the lobby of big oil and all that. You saw the storms in Germany. Oh yeah, terrible. Um, I think a hundred people killed, hundreds of people missing. The the water just wiped away villages. These are these are things that never happened before. You're right. I have no qualifications to offer
1: any opinion about the climate. But it's very much like a discussion I had today with an anti-vaxxer friend. He said, How do you know? Science always has many opinions. And I said, You're right. And he said, You're not a scientist. How do you know who to believe? And I said, You're right. But, but on both the vaccination issue and the climate issue, I have a certain standard to choose. And he said, what is that? I said, first off, I don't just listen to guys on the YouTube. That's the first thing. I do check out someone's credentials. But even so, you're going to have people with all the right credentials who have strange opinions. So, how do you choose? It's very simple. On the issue of climate change, I believe the current figure is something like 999 scientists who actually know about climate change say that it's man made intervention and we're at a danger point compared to the one guy who might have a degree, but he's kind of off on his own. Do I believe the one guy or do I believe the 999? To me, it's very easy. Do I believe? On the issue of vaccines, do I believe the vast number of scientists who say it's good and safe, or do I believe your uncle Lou, who had an opinion that he <laughs> you know put on on YouTube for uh, screaming at the camera I'm going to say with all due respect to Lou I'm going with the scientists that's how I make an opinion now some of the people think you know you're an Eastern mystic Zen fellow you're beyond all logic and you feel something you you go with your gut i say no sometimes you listen to the experts you know they know more about this than even the buddha the buddha had no opinion about climate change wasn't an issue in his day you know and i don't know how he'd feel now but i know who i listen to when it comes to vaccines i listen to dr fauci and when it comes to the client i listen to the 999 experts that's how you make a decision.
0: Yeah. And one of the problems with the false equivalence in, in the media is when there is the theoretical two sides to an issue, the media, especially TV channels, they always want to get someone from each side, even though one side is the 999 and the other side is just the coup, you know, Uncle Lou. But they always present these things just to create the controversy.
1: I, I get so much trouble in the Zen world because if you have a room of 10 Zen or Buddhist people eight of them are into some wacky stuff. It's either crystals or horoscopes or some holistic cure. And I always go, you know, great, it could be true. But what evidence do you have? And I said, there was was an article in a Chinese journal seven years ago by a Dr. Wu, who I never heard of, from some university. And he said he he did a study on five people, and he found that it worked, the crystal worked to five people, they had better health. And I say, that's, you know, great. But now, what evidence do you have? And uh, I, I, I am a guy who says, as, a, as even as a Zen person, show me the evidence. Listen to the experts. And I, with all due respect to Doctor Wu and your Uncle Lou, hey, that rhymes. Uh, I'm going with uh, you know the experts, the real people who know
0: what they're talking about. Didn't the Buddha say that we should question everything? I just did a quick Google search, and here's a quote that comes up. I know the Buddha didn't say this. Someone made it up. But it says, do not believe in anything simply because it is spoken and rumored by many.
1: Yeah, there's a little asterisk on that. If you People quote that all the time. But if you really read what he said, it, it, it's like, don't believe anything uh, anyone says, except me. You can believe me, yeah. which makes a lot of yeah. sense because he's the Buddha. And he's, he's basically saying, if you test this out, what I'm saying will be true, which Frankly, I am a Buddhist teacher. I do believe that. I believe what the Buddha preached was not bootable. Uh, uh, it was, uh, you know, there's real value there, and it's uh, it changes people's lives, and it's it's uh, even testable. You can see. Uh, I don't think everything the Buddha preached, but there's a lot of things in, in Buddhism too. You can't believe like that. Earthquakes are caused by because the earth is resting on a giant turtle. You know, I don't... Yeah, okay, <laughs> show me the turtle, man. Show me the turtle. We've got, you know, what's-his-name is going up to space today. You know, the billionaires in... in uh, That's right, in Jeff the, Bezos. Yes, billionaires lost in space today. If he gets up there and he says, I see the turtle, then, you know, maybe... <laughs>
0: Yeah, but there have been tons of other astronauts who've gone up there and haven't seen the turtle. So it hasn't just been waiting for Jeff Bezos to go up there.
1: Maybe the turtle's hiding. There's a turtle in another dimension. When you deal with the people who are into Eastern religions, they have an explanation for anything you explain. Why don't they see the turtle? It's another dimensional in turtle. How do you know the the turtle's there? Because some guru said he was meditating and he saw the turtle. And I believe the guru. How do you know the guru actually saw the turtle? And that's when the conversation usually ends, right? there. You're awfully energetic this evening. It's the heat man. <laughs> um, yeah, and the mosquitoes, you know, between the rain and the heat man, where the mosquitoes are, they're, they're the size of horses. You could put a saddle on them.
0: <laughs> I notice you wearing a Pink Floyd t-shirt as well, getting back to your roots.
1: Yes! No, no, I'm a big Pink Floyd fan from way back. How about you? You're the music man. You have that other podcast, which you should plug right now, your music podcast.
0: I'll plug my music podcast. It's called The Next Track. I'll put a link in the show notes. I was actually just thinking the other day, and I had a discussion on my podcast a couple of episodes ago. I long preferred Wish You Were Here as the best Pink Floyd album. Great. or The Dark Side of the Moon. But Re- in recent years, I've started to realize that Animals is probably the most coherent album overall. While it's not the one I listen to the most. Oh, oh. Just just picking up his guitar. Got to watch out.
1: I knew the chords. <laughs> Wish you. That's anyway, that's it. i one of the songs oh, let's I'm not going sing.
0: Yeah. But but I think Animals is a much more coherent album, maybe because I hadn't listened to it as much. I've been listening to it a lot lately. I was listening to it yesterday while I was making a a bean, tomato, and pepper salad in the kitchen. I I will
1: give it another listen. I've been uh, listening to Dark Side of the Moon and Wish You Were Here, you know, and uh, skip some of the other albums. The one with the flying pig. Which one is that? That's Animals. Oh, that's Animals. Okay, well, I'll give it another. uh, On your recommendation, I will give it another
0: listen. You should, because all the songs on Animals were written about the same time as Wish You Were Here. Mm Mm-hmm. So Shine On You, Crazy Diamond fits in with those animals songs. You'll listen to it later. But this isn't, is this what a Zen podcast is supposed to be? As far as I'm concerned, this is the music that got me into my search on the past, you ah. know, uh,
1: psychedelic and progressive It was the key rock. that opened the door. It was, in yeah. more ways. It, it opened the doors of the minds, the doors of perception, if yeah. you get my drift. Back in the yes, day. I think I do. I, there was yeah. a time and there were days I actually understood all those lyrics. Even, even Uma Guma. <laughs> you know that one? Something about picks in a cave. They just like, they're, they're talking elf language.
0: There's a song called Several Species of Small Furry Animals Gathered Together in a Cave, Grooving with a Pict. With a Pict. What's a Pict, by the way? It's a little elf, right? A Pict? Th- no, they were a people. They were one of the people that, that lived in the United Kingdom, that lived in England or Scotland back in the day. They painted themselves blue. That's all I know.
1: Okay, well, back in the day, I actually understood everything that was being said <laughs> in that song. And the thing is, as far as I know, there are no words. Yeah, yeah. But that was a long time ago. That it, was the 70s, man. It, it's,
0: it's true that music has the power to move us in ways similar to Zazen, I would say.
1: It does. I uh, would listen to Yes, Close to the Edge.
0: Down by the river.
1: And I would go over the edge. And uh, I truly I truly had my first spiritual experiences listening to a lot of that music. And uh, from that time, I, I remember, for example, not knowing any Buddhist words. There's a, a, a reference to karma. What's karma, man? Steely Dan, not exactly psychedelic, but they had the song Bodhisattva. I remember going, yeah. Oh, great, Bodhisattva. What's a Bodhisattva? So I started researching yeah. what's a Bodhisattva. And next thing I know, here I am, Zen guy, talking all day about Bodhisattvas.
0: That's what I do. Thank you, Steely Dan. Did you ever look up the origin of the name Steely Dan? I th- think you're going to tell me. Uh, according to Wikipedia, um, it was named after a revolutionary steam-powered dildo mentioned in the William S. Burroughs novel, Make oh, yes, Our, This podcast is certainly covering a variety of subjects today. <laughs> 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 Would you like my Zen opi-
1: op- opinion on, on uh, steam-powered dildos? I, well, we covered that in the sex episode a couple of weeks ago. The heat is getting we to did. me, folks. I have an excuse. The heat is
0: getting to me. Yeah, back. yeah. Yeah, here too. Well, it's evening for you. It's still hot here. It's just before noon and it's starting to get hot. Mm. It's just been one of those weeks, hasn't it? It has, sir. And uh, you're opening up there, and your prime minister's in. You, you, what did you decide to do? They
1: opened the whole country, and the prime minister decided to hide in quarantine. Is that how it's working?
0: Yeah, they, they they got rid of all the restrictions Monday. So as again, we're recording Tuesday, releasing this Friday, so Monday the 19th. And just before that, the health minister announced that he tested positive. And since he had been in contact with the prime minister and the chancellor, they both had to isolate. We're kind of worried here. Some of us are kind of worried because... They want herd immunity. They think they can get herd immunity by getting everyone sick. But the problem is, scientists all over the world, right? So, so the 999 are saying what you're doing is crazy. There's going to be new variants, and the one Uncle Wu is saying, Nah, don't worry about it. And it's worrisome. It really is. What percentage of the population in the UK is vaccinated now? I think we're around for two doses. I think we're around two thirds of adult population.
1: And I believe that Japan right now is. About 20%, which is very,
0: very worrisome
1: because, uh, you know, we were talking about the Olympics. Uh, People are saying, why are you having an Olympics when nobody's vaccinated? The elderly people have about 80% coverage, which is one good thing. That's good. Because they're the most vulnerable. Uh, But uh, it's, uh, though you get down to the 40 and 50 year olds, it's not so good. Uh, It looks like, you know, the Olympics, the way they've organized it, from what I'm seeing, I was a big supporter of the Olympics. Let me understand. Let me say this clearly. There, if you look at places on Facebook, I got a lot of heat from people, a lot of criticism, because at times where people were against the Olympics, I was saying, look, for me still in my heart, it stands as a world institution of peace, an alternative to war, one of the few chances for countries to come together on the playing field instead of the battlefield. And and people were saying, well, come on, it's all commercial. It's not about that anymore. It's all about sponsorship. And I said, no, it's about the athletes who have struggled since they were children to be here and let them have their chance. And, you know, I really took a lot of hate. But I have to admit now that I was counting on the Japanese government doing a dandy time, uh, a dandy is the wrong word, a darn good bubble. Really, they could have truly... Kept everyone safe and isolated. And what I'm hearing is, there is a hotel with athletes, and they sent, they called out for for masseuses to come in. We say masseuse. We don't know what kind of masseuse, by the way. Okay, but uh, so and they let them in the hotel, and they asked the hotel, well, you know, why do you have these, you know, masseuses coming in to give massages? And they said, well, we can't stop them. It's uh, there's no there's no the athletes are wandering around to restaurants wandering in the streets. Not all of them. Most of them are being good. I'm talking a small number. And uh, it's really disturbing a lot of people here. The Japanese are going to do what they do. They're going to wave their fists and then just probably be quiet about the whole thing in the end. But uh, a lot of people inside are upset about it.
0: Yeah, I can understand. I mean, if I was a virus and I wanted to spread myself, what better way than to have people from every single country in the world go to one city And then go back to their countries, right?
1: Yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, I'm not an epidemiologist. I just listen to the opinions of epidemiologists again. If there are a thousand epidemiologists, I listen to what the majority of them are saying. And I understand that if they had done it right, it was reasonably safe. Again, this is not a medical opinion. I have no qualifications, please. Folks, go from this podcast and actually listen to someone who knows what they're talking about. Not to me. Okay, first <laughs> up. But I understand if they had taken precautions, it was as reasonably safe as anything in a city, in an urban environment where people are riding trains, going to offices, mixing. I went to the United States. I flew into international airports. There are people coming from all over the world mixing in the airport. Yeah, It can't be worse than the Olympics or better. I mean, it, it was just all these people coming from hundreds of different countries into Dallas airport. And then when I was in Vegas, our episode last week, I'd say most of the people were domestic, but there were international people all over the place, too. Um, it, it's just as dangerous, I'm sure, as the Olympics. So we shouldn't be, I think, too focused on the Olympics as more dangerous than many things. And I really want to see, I still am the idealist. I really want to see those athletes just leave them alone to do their thing. And let's applaud when they do what they worked for years to do. Let's give them respect. I don't care how you feel about the rest of this and whether it's commercial or not. Honor the athletes. And I don't care if I get criticisms from that. If you have a criticism, write Kirk.
0: <laughs> it's going to be strange, though. I, I'm not a huge fan of the Olympics, but I do get. You know, I do watch it when it's on. It's going to be strange seeing all this with no spectators. Yeah, but... The silence around sports is is somewhat weird. Isn't it going to be kind of very
1: zen to focus on the sport without the distraction?
0: Yeah. What
1: is it going to be like to see someone running, doing something amazing, and it's just silence? It's actually going to be kind of beautiful in a way. It's going to take some getting used to, you know, without the cheering and the, the, the waving, the flags, and the dancing. and I'm sure the athletes will still be dancing amongst themselves and and celebrating, but we are going to see sport for sport's sake. So there is yeah. in, there is something beautiful about this too. I, again, I, I'm the idealist. I'm I'm really you know saying I, the Olympics is not all a bad thing here.
0: Yeah, I don't know how much I'm going to be able to watch given the the eight hour time difference. Yeah, it's
1: on. Fortunately, when you're in Japan watching the Olympics, it's going to be really good because it's uh <laughs> it's all at the right time. Well, it's the
0: same. When it's in Europe, I can watch a lot of it. When it's in the States, they generally schedule it so both Europe and the States can see it. And so in Japan, I don't know how they're going to schedule it.
1: But I don't know how this is in the UK. I do have one, not a complaint at all, but it's kind of, when you watch it in Japan, they only show the sports of interest to the Japanese. So for example- Of course, every country does that. if, If Japan has a chance at a medal in badminton, You're going to see eight hours of badminton. And that's all. That's all. And a lot of judo, you know, that kind of thing.
0: That's the same in every country. They'll show the big football matches, soccer, football. They'll show the big track the 100-meter, the 200-meter, the, the marathon, and all that. But for the other sports, if there's one country that has someone in the equestrian something or other, uh, you'll see every single heat and, and qualifying round for the equestrian whatever. Please don't say heat. You said heat. and I, It Sorry. just it back I in my mind. Please. Yes. I, I don't mean to diss people who are into riding horses, but... The point is, it's a minor discipline in the Olympics. Which, frankly, how can there be a discipline in the Olympics with an animal? Like, really? I football. feel
1: sorry for the animals. How are the horses going to handle the heat? No kidding. Boy, exactly. this is
0: this is
1: yeah. really going to be something. So, what do we talk about next? We've talked about everything from steam-powered dildos to the Olympics. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, folks, this is one of those episodes.
0: How about we finish with a few minutes with something Zen? Hey, that's your job, isn't it?
1: Oh, Zen. I got to think of something Zen. what's it okay? All right. I had I listened to a story today, that was just really beautiful. Just one of those simple practices you've spoken of it before with your bread baking, and uh, I think we all have to do this. I'm going to do it uh, a little more in my life. Take something easy and a shortcut you do to be efficient, and every day, very intentionally, do it old school, slowing down, use none of the conveniences. If you have a blender, don't use the blender. Hand stir. Cook slowly. Use your hands to mold the bread. Try to keep tools to a minimum. You know, it it sounded like such a wonderful old-fashioned process of taking us back to appreciate time, not rushing, appreciating the moment. I'm assigning all listeners, it's your homework this week. Find one thing you do that you try to rush through and do efficiently, and it's really great and find a way to just do it in the least efficient way possible and still get it done.
0: I wouldn't say least efficient. I would say do it as intentionally as possible.
1: That that too.
0: That too. It's not like you're going to fill the dishwasher by dropping all the dishes on the floor because that's inefficient. No, no, no. Be mindful, yes.
1: Yes, be mindful. But, uh, for example, instead of, uh, I don't know, you're a tea drinker. Yes. Yes. So take your time with it. Put the leaves in slowly, right? Add your water and then truly savor your tea. Like the Olympics, with no crowd noises around, just in silence and quietly.
0: No one cheering me as I drink my tea. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Roshi, where do we go from here? I'm going to get the air conditioner back on and cool down. It is hot. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Please give us a rating. Tell your friends. You can check out past episodes at our website, zen-of-everything.com. Thanks for listening.